Vincent, the dude. Hey, good Friday afternoon from Freight Alley, everybody. Hey, welcome to episode 501. Start of a new 501. one. 501. Holy cow. Start of the Bigfoot era right here. The start of the Bigfoot era. That's right. Sasquatch. Hey, if you've been seeing it, the rounds online, it's been really interesting. So Ooh. we have been talking about this freight decline, Michael Vincent, since uh, June. But we've been talking about it on the trucking side since April or May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long and it's time. really interesting because a lot of the naysayers, a lot of the ones who are trying to minimize this, are mm. now finally saying, oh, wow, geopolitical tensions are having an effect on, us, on the supply chain. <laughs> what a surprise. Yeah. Now, wow, we never saw this coming. <laughs> it would be easy to say that those people are ignorant, right? But I think that they're willfully malignant. I have a conspiracy theory. Ooh, Tell me what you think. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Some of these ocean news sites were well aware of booking declines in June, July, and August, but minimize its impact to protect the oligopoly of shipping carriers so you, the shipper, and you, the reader, wouldn't realize this quickly, the pricing control that you had. That's my theory. Yeah, so you know I, you know me. I trust everybody, yeah. right? I, I believe everything that I read and everything. So, uh, no, actually, I'm going, uh, I think you've got a strong theory there, my friend. I don't know. There's a lot of evidence on that. I'm going with that. I can't believe I didn't think of it. I, 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 I'm with you, man. I'm follow with the you. money. I'm with you. Follow, follow the, money. the money. Always follow the money. Speaking of, you want to be well-informed, we've got a great event coming up. It's called F3, and we've been Ooh, doing yeah. all this touristy stuff because i got family in town, I've got my brother-in-law, I've got nieces and nephews, and right on. it's giving me the opportunity to scout all the different locations here for when you come out, you know some good things to do. I haven't done a lot of this stuff since 2019 when I first got here. Last night, we went over to the Chattanooga Choo Choo. Word nice. of warning, don't play the claw game at the arcade there. <laughs> it's like a total ripoff, and I, I, and I don't mean Can't to do my own horn, but I, I'm undefeated against most claw machines. Yeah. And not that one. So, like, my daughter Isabel is, like, wicked good at claw yeah. machines, too. Yeah. I suck at them. But she, like, one, like, boom, gets anything she wants. Send her to the choo-choo and see yeah. if she can confirm that, like, Next time she's in town. Next time broken. she's in town. We're I'm going right there. As soon as she gets off the plane, we're going right there. Another cool thing at the choo-choo. So, the choo-choo, there's a few things you can do. You can drink, go to the Frothy Monkey and all that. There's that arcade that I mentioned. And right next to it yeah, is yeah, also, yeah. if you're in, like, rock music, you're into guitars like us, there's Songbirds Guitar Museum. Yes. Right near the convention center. You can walk across the street. You can go and check that out. Highly yeah. recommended. Other place we went to over there, Community Pie. You need pizza. Community it's Pie is awesome. Sailors you know, inside that, inside that Songbirds, there's two D'Angelico guitars there. Okay. They're over my uncle, uh, Edward uh, Krupa's, out of, uh, uh, from Michigan. No way. Yeah, the bill sales on there and everything in there, dear Mr. Krupa. They were handmade by uh, D'Angelico in New York. I think they sold it to him in the 30s, 37, 38. Do you get free admission to that? No. Wow. You know what's really cool? <laughs> By the way, what's really cool about Songbirds, too, is it's like $15 to like tour it and see the whole back thing, but yeah. they will let you in and go into like the front atrium area, and you can like look around, look at shirts and stuff. Sure. So if you don't want to like commit to going through the museum, it's still worth stepping inside of it. I'd recommend it. it However, is. a it listener is. asked if okay. uh, we had any brewery recommendations. They yeah. obviously want to get to the important stuff. Where in Chattanooga, you come out here for F3, you're at the event, 3.30, we break for networking, you need some social lubrication, where are you sending them to? Okay, yeah, so uh, whiskey, you're going to Chattanooga Whiskey, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's it. That's not a brewery, but it's a distillery, but man, it kicks ass. If you, if you like whiskey, you've you got to at least check that out. Breweries, my favorite, in order, Naked River, yeah. Hutton and Smith, Wonderlinger. Wonderlinger. Yeah. Those are good ones. Those are good ones. N- N- Naked River, man. 
barbecue smoked turkey sandwiches and a cosmic turtle pint will 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 do you just right. One of the reasons we're giving you all these recommendations too is this is a conference unlike any other. And many people say that kind of stuff. Like, oh, this is a conference we're well aware of what happens every car. This is different. This conference, it's a festival. And at 3.30 every day, we go on to these experiences from like 3.30 to 6 o'clock. So you don't have to listen to people prattering up on stage uh, all late into the evening. Then you're totally exhausted. You don't feel like talking to anyone. No. Yeah. 3.30, you have all these. Show these experiences right here. Here's some of the ones that we already got up on the, the website. What do we got going on? Dude, Chattanooga Whiskey is on here. Oh, sure You got is. the uh, Emerge Tap Room that they're sponsoring. We have Southern Bell Riverboat Cruise uh, that's going on. Right we got on. The Valkyrie Axe Throwing. Valkyrie Axe Throwing. <laughs> Someone at the... You might want to do that you before off. the whiskey tour. Yeah. Throw the axes before the whiskey tour. I know, but see, everyone does it the opposite way. Yeah, I know they do. And they end up with that. It happens every time, it people. Does. Just be careful with the axes. But they bounce. They can bounce if you throw them wrong. There's a ton of different Then in the evening, there's concerts that you go, get to go to and hang out with everyone at Coolidge Park, which is a beautiful park right over here in Chattanooga. Uh, you got a carousel. You're right on the Tennessee River. Um, we've got Pat Green playing, sponsored yeah. by uh, Hewlett Packard. Big set that he's going to be doing over there. J.B. Hunt is throwing a party right after that, the First Horizon Pavilion. It's got Boyce Avenue, the Eli Young Band. Second day, same situation, just more parties. Coolidge Park, we got Larry Fleet and Yacht Rot Review. And oh, after that, yeah. there's going to be an aquarium reception. So you haven't checked out the Tennessee Aquarium, you're going to get that opportunity. Yeah, Yacht Rock Review. I'll be there. I'm excited for it. Love that. Before we get into things, I have one more thing. I mentioned my nieces and nephews were staying there. I got <laughs> my boys are six and eight, right? Yes. So I did not realize this until I've had girls living in my house for the past four days. Yeah. Little girls spontaneously cartwheel and handspring all the time. I'm walking through my kitchen, and I got a glass knocked into my face. I almost knocked my tooth out yeah. last night. No, it's like living with ninjas. You never know when those they're going to keep flying in at you. When do they get <laughs> out of, like, the cartwheel? Because, like, Kaylee and, uh, you know, we don't see Kaylee and Sydney cartwheeling around freight waves all no, the time. No, they usually don't. No, so, so somewhere before the time they're 20 years old, they get out of that, I think. But So mine are 10 and 8, and they're yeah. still in it. But my 10-year-old is now moving towards ballet. So she'll pirouette and do a little nice swan dance across there, and then my eight-year-old will come through like a flying ninja star uh, <laughs> and knocking everything over. So it, it hasn't changed yet in my house. <laughs> well, hey, we're going to get into a lot of stuff today. We're going to talk about the logistics of college football and, and how Taman got involved with game day. And we're actually going over to uh, the Mox game tomorrow. We're going to yeah. be filming some of the unloading of the truck, how they did a big wrap. We'll be talking about drivers, how they bring things back and forth, and how college football works. We're both college football fans, so that'll be exciting. Yeah, we'll bring man. a lot of energy to that. We're talking to the founder of a trucking charity and hat company that's supporting the invisible heartbeat of our industry. And uh, she has actually wardrobed what the truck today, at least the head part of what the truck. We got the DTF over here. Y'all know what that means? Down to freight? Yeah, down to freight, baby. And we got and reefer. reefer right there. Y'all know Everybody what that means. Everybody loves reefer. Love little reefer. Legalize cold, the reefer carriers. Cold, cold, cold trucking right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to also find out about UCR a little bit. And I realized that I didn't even know what UCR standed for. So I can't wait to get a little UCR 101 education. Oh, me either. I was going to go get some penicillin for it, but uh, apparently that's wrong. And we'll find out what a great driver <laughs> coaching program looks like. We got a couple news pieces. So uh, let's get into it. We got to tip the band first. Though. Oh, yeah, we do. Let's get over to it. Fleece today cannot waste time. Waiting for fully driverless technology, Locomation's autonomous relay convoy systems are safe, legal, and profitable with no federal regulations holding them back. Join Locomation for the fastest path to commercial deployment at scale across the U.S. To learn more, tell them, dude. Hey, go to locomation.ai forward slash no barriers immediately after this show. Headlines. What do we got here? 
my favorite story, the gift that keeps on giving. Prosecutors label Trevor Milton a con man in closing arguments. What? And he said, don't label me. I'm not a label. Michael so he went Benson. from turkey of the year to con man? He went turkey of the year to con man. <laughs> well, Ellen Adler reports that prosecutors took their final strokes Thursday at painting that Nicola founder Trevor Milton as a greedy con man who repeatedly tried to pump that electric truck maker's stock price. The defense accused Nikola executives as well as enabling this obsession with luring retail investors via social media and podcast interviews. He was actually on this very show. Yeah. And in 2020, he won our turkey of the year. Here's a clip. You're going to see that this is a real truck. This is not a pusher. The house was a house of glass, right? So when a crack started happening, the whole thing came down. That's incredible because we're really the only company that has been vertically integrated from the beginning to the end. Told them that we were running a prostitution ring. Did you have a good, good Thanksgiving? No. 99% of them are all lies. Yeah. So what are they talking about in court? What's the jury hearing? I don't know. I think I would like to submit that as evidence number nine. The jury, so the jury of nine men and three women will begin deliberating today. I think they, they got the thing yeah. today, right? Friday, which it's a beautiful weekend. So I don't know if that means good for Trevor or not, because they're going to want to get done quick. Of course. Um, yeah, but so they're going in there. The big thing is uh, Judge Eduardo Ramos's instructions are the really the big thing, and that's what Alan was talking about as well. Is that his instructions will have a huge bearing on on the outcome of this case and what they can decide and not for the four fraud charges that Milton faces. Right, maximum twenty five years in prison if they nail him on. Been, been a lot of delays in this one. Most recently, one of the uh, one of the one of the council members, defense council member, had COVID nineteen, but they were back at it uh, yesterday. U.S. Attorney Jordan Estes, he said in the government's opening summation, Trevor Milton is a con man. Why did he do this? Money and power. You heard from Nicholas CFO Kim Brady that Milton wanted to be in the Forbes 400, an astounding level of greed. This fraud was brazen. Mm. I mean, doesn't everyone on LinkedIn, like who posts all the time, want to be in the Forbes 400? Yeah, I don't know that that necessarily makes him guilty of anything. <laughs> well, well, here's what they're trying to say, too, because, like, Nicola is trying to put out there, and they have been ever since they distanced themselves from Milton, that, like, this was all Trevor Milton, yes, and this yes, isn't yeah. a Nicola thing. And they're saying here, no, you as an entire company defrauded people. You knew that your founder was doing this thing. You enabled these things, and at no point did you stop him. Yeah, and that's where Alan was talking about. That's where the, 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 it comes into play, is he was not a brazen rebel uh, going out there with this. It was no. a whole, it was kind of a, it was a cultural thing at the yeah. time that was happening. Here's an interesting one. We're not going to get deep into it. Stories up on FreightWaves.com. Transfix has pulled their IPO though. They had a new funding around plan. They were going to go out on a SPAC and I think they took a look at the market like many of us have. Yeah. I don't know. I know someone whose portfolio is down like 46% this year. Really? Yeah. Personal friend? I, someone that, you know, Dear to you. I get sad with. Yeah, you get sad. I mean, I think they looked at that like, this is probably not the greatest time to go. Yeah, no, so, probably not. That, but oh, do you think it's more indicative of the market, or do you think that, like, what happens in a market like this? Because there are digital freight brokerages, mm-hmm. but there's other digital freight brokerages. There are. Do you think that maybe it's like. Uh, it's, it's happening to everybody, and they can throw this thing up here. FreightWaves has got the Mercube Supply Chain Tech Index, right? And this measures the share prices for the uh, performance of tech-enabled supply chain service providers. Like, okay. Right? So, And this has been down. It's been down about 31% year-to-date, but at 20% since mid-August, mm. right? And so, I mean, it's indicative of the times. It's hitting these guys hard, but, you know, the S&P 500 is also off 25% this year. Yeah. So, yeah. It happened slowly, then all at once. Then all just... Yeah. It happens slowly at all at once. Yeah. Craig was just at a uh, a big private conference, and he put out on Twitter that 
everyone there was talking about how they're pulling off their deals. They yeah. lost money on their deals. They have to re-talk mm. about deals. They have to reevaluate deals. And the sucky part is in an inflated market, you're not talking about raising the deal up. They're talking about having to bring them valuations Bringing down. them down and taking a lot longer. It's not like, oh, that's a good idea. Here's a check. Yeah. Now there's a lot and more it sucks due, for all of you out there, due too. Diligence. It sucks for all of you if you're a startup employee and you got mm. stock with that, that place. That might consider how long employees stay at that place. Like, oh, that stuff's worthless We now. have friends that yeah. jumped ship during the Great Resignation and didn't jump to the right it ship. Didn't work for all of them. Mm-mm. Hey, let's find out what UCR is. We got Rick Malchow here. He's a transportation management editor over at JJ Keller and Associates. And you know, I I, know, I vaguely know what it is, but I've never had to like file for UCR. I was doing a little like background on it, and then one of the things said that right, fees could range from fifty nine dollars to fifty six thousand nine hundred seventy seven dollars for motor carriers. And I was like, that is a hell of a range. We need to know more. Thankfully, Rick is here. Rick, how you doing? I am doing outstanding. It is so uh, great to talk to you, gentlemen. You know, you two fit more in in uh, 10 to 15 minutes than uh, most hosts do in uh, in 60. So uh, congratulations uh, with that. And and uh, it is a ton of fun. And so I, I hope that the uh, UCR or uh, Unified Carrier Registration is what it stands for is uh, just as uh, fascinating uh, for the next uh, 10 or so minutes. So yeah. what is a UCR? I, my understanding is it's something that a motor carrier has to file. They do have to file. And, uh, you know, a lot of folks get confused with uh, what exactly is uh, unified carrier registration. And part of that uh, confusion is the uh, fact that it has registration in it. And so this has nothing to do uh, with uh, registering uh, your vehicles. It has nothing to do uh, with registering with the FMCSA. It has nothing to do uh, with uh, registering with uh, FIMSA or some other uh, entity. Uh, hmm. What it does do is require... Uh, carriers that operate in interstate commerce and as well as uh, brokers uh, and freight forwarders uh, to register uh, for the program, to pay the fees. And actually, uh, 2023 uh, going forward, uh, at least for the next couple of years, the uh, the fees range, uh, they did change a little bit. They came down uh, from $41 to about uh, Forty thousand dollars. So if you just have a couple of uh, vehicles, it's uh, forty bucks. If you have over a thousand, nearly forty thousand. So it's on a sliding scale, but it is a huge sliding scale. And the the fees are really used to uh, go back to the states from the uh, interstate uh, carriers to fund safety uh, programs and to, to to fund other state programs. Okay. So is this like a replacement for the ICC? Who's, who's, who's subject to this? I mean, did ICC went away. They got to figure out how to get the money again. So they created the UCR. Is that, is that kind of what happened? Or yeah, what? like what's the purpose? Yeah, it really didn't replace the uh, Interstate uh, Commerce Commission, but it did replace a uh, older uh, system uh, back in uh, 2005 uh, or so. And so the folks that are uh, subject are uh, you know, property carriers, uh, if they operate uh, mm. in interstate uh, commerce, and that is uh, whether they are an exempt for hire, uh, whether they're a for hire carrier, or whether they're a private carrier, if they've got vehicles operating in interstate commerce, and again, interstate commerce is uh, more than just if that vehicle is leaving the uh, the state uh, or leaving the uh, the country, you know, you could be uh, picking up freight at a at a rail yard or mm. a uh, or, or a port or just uh, doing first mile or last mile, and uh, if it's uh, an interstate uh, movement, that vehicle is uh, is subject. 
And then uh, four higher passenger carriers uh, are subject, as well as I uh, mentioned, uh, brokers and freight forwarders. If they don't have uh, any vehicles, then they pay that uh, lowest uh, fee at like $41. Uh, carriers that are based out of Mexico and carriers that are based out of Canada are also subject to, to UCR mm. if they operate into uh, the United States. Okay, so you keep saying this word fee, and this is freight. So the first question people are probably going to have is, how do I not pay that? Is there any way to get out of it? Are there any exceptions? No. Well, I shouldn't say no. There are, for most folks, there are no uh, exceptions. Uh, but there are, there are three exceptions. So let me uh, uh, just go uh, through those. So, you know, some states uh, have a PRISM program, and that's a fairly uh, old program. It tracks, uh, you know, registration. It tracks, uh, you know, carriers uh, in the state. It makes sure that uh, carriers uh, that are intrastate have a, a, a U.S. Uh, DOT mm. number. And in that program, uh, if you just had a register uh, with them, but you have no interstate uh, operating authority, well, then, then you are uh, exempt uh, from the uh, program. Uh, purely intrastate carriers. So I have no impact whatsoever on interstate uh, commerce. All my vehicles go from point A to point B uh, in, in my state of domicile, and they don't support uh, commerce that's headed out of state or headed out of country or, or originated from out of state or, or out of uh, country. Uh, they're exempt. And then uh, private carriers of passengers. I met, mentioned that for higher passenger carriers uh, are subject, but private uh, passenger carriers uh, are not subject. But generally, the vast majority, certainly, of uh, carriers are subject to the program. Wow. Wow. So if I'm subject to uh, AB5, then apparently this doesn't apply to me because I'm not interested. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> how do they determine these fees? Let's, let's right? not even go there because yeah. we'll spend the rest of the time talking about it. I had to at least bring it up, right? But no, we'll stay away from that. The, so how do they de determine whether I'm paying forty one dollars or $40,000? Right. Again, it's kind of on, the, uh, on that sliding scale. So it starts at... Uh, you know, two vehicles and goes up to uh, to over a thousand, and it's really based on then. Well, how many? Uh, you know, how do I count the vehicles? You know, uh, what is that based on? Is it based on a a point in time uh, or or what? And the easiest way to file, uh, there's two separate file systems, uh, and so in two separate reports, uh, the reports are a UCR one and a UCR two. Uh, the first one is uh, based off of, hey, just how many uh, vehicles do you have on your MCS-150? Uh, so, you know, you pull up your MCS-150, your registration uh, with the uh, FMCSA, you know, that you have your USDOT number uh, with, and you use that count. Now, that count may be, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, 1,241, uh, but only uh, 900 of those uh, are actually furthering interstate commerce. And so you are able to subtract from the reporting uh, those intrastate-only uh, vehicles. Uh, the other uh, method of counting the vehicles is to look at the vehicles that you operated from July 1st uh, all the way through to the end of uh, June uh, for that year. And on either one of them, you're counting the vehicles that you were in control of 
uh, for 30 days uh, or more. So mm. if you have a short-term rental, you wouldn't uh, count uh, those. But it's entirely possible, uh, you know, in a lease situation, if folks are uh, renting the same vehicle or leasing the same uh, vehicle for, uh, you know, over 30 days, maybe five different carriers uh, lease that uh, vehicle, well, that vehicle would be, uh, you know, it counted five separate times for five separate carriers. But again, remember, it's not a per fee vehicle uh, charge. It's based on that sliding scale with how many you're operating. Well, Rick, I, look, I'm sick of paying. When I'm a trucking company, I'm sick of paying them yet another government <laughs> entity money, right? So I'm just not going to do right, it. Right. What, are, what are the consequences? Well, you know, the consequences are are, are pretty significant. And, and you're right, right? The, this is not the only uh, thing out there. There's uh, heavy vehicle use tax. There's weight distance license taxes. Plates. You know, for, for license plates. Sta- you know, states. There's, IFTA. Uh, you know, uh, IFTA IRP. So uh, there is a lot of them. But you're not going to get away with uh, just not paying it. So the, the, the compliance uh, period of this, the filing season is open. So if you want to file today, go ahead. Uh, the filing fee opened on October 1st. It goes to the end of the year. It has to be done by uh, January 1st of uh, 2023. Uh, but certainly there are penalties that uh, you could uh, face. Uh, you know, the first penalty, of course, is, well, let's just catch up with uh, where you are. Uh, the second is, well, wait a minute. Uh, you have a huge variance uh, between you know, where you were last year and, and where you are this year. So we're going to take a look at that and make sure that that uh, is, is accurate. Many states, though, uh, you know, when it comes to vehicle registration time, and that kind of ties back to PRISM uh, as well in, in some states, uh, they just won't let you register your vehicles unless they can see uh, that the UCR fees mm-hmm. have been paid. And at roadside inspection, you, you know, there's there's no document that uh, you need to carry in the vehicle, you know, in the uh, in the permit book or whatever you may use. Uh, you know, there's nothing that the uh, the driver has to have. Uh, but the enforcement officer can certainly look to see if the carrier uh, has uh, has paid the fee uh, or not. Rick, thank you so much for this education in UCR. I started this conversation not knowing very much about it. Now I know that. Uh, well, it's another thing I got to pay. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Hey, go! Ch- you want to stay smart? Go check out JJ Keller. Rick, you have an awesome weekend. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, you folks as well. Hope all your listeners do too. Take care. Thanks, man. Meanwhile, all right, bye now. That's that. That's badass. So this is like I didn't know what this was. But like, I, apparently, I don't know what a lot of things are. That's why I do a show <laughs> like this and bring on people smarter than me. So I asked Rooster, our redneck uh, in resident, about what I'm looking at here because I was like, "Is this trying to be a train? That's a tractor?" It yeah. turns out that that is just how the old-fashioned tractors were. Yeah, Gilbert was. Donnie Gilbert was telling us about that too. That's like coal. Train. Those are those are there's, coal embers. There's out literally a guy hanging out the back of that, yeah. throwing coal in there. And I said, was that just cosmetic, like what's coming out of the spout? And he goes, no, it's just overdriven, and that's why that's all shooting out. And I asked how fast it goes with that overdrive. It's still only like five miles an hour. Yeah, but they're trying to get that power. That's like a tractor pull or something like that they're doing there. They're just wrecking. That is cool. I'd like to have one I could drive around the neighborhood and do hay rides with the kids. It was also cool, the Eagles this year. You seen their record? Let's talk to someone who's hanging out in Philly. Let's talk to Michael Crowe, regional sales manager at Netradyne. I think he's got a nice cup of coffee over there, too. So he's going to be bringing a lot of energy. Oh, Eagles. Um, yeah, you, you hyped for the season? It looks good this year. They're hot. They're hot. And we love it. We love it. <laughs> Philadelphia's doing really well. All Philadelphia sports are doing great right now. Uh, we yeah. need the Flyers to build up a little bit, but we'll get there. They're, they're, we, we have faith in them. 
Well, hey, bringing a team together is like bringing a fleet together, and it takes a lot yeah. of great training. In fact, on our last episode, we showed an example of some awful training. Oh, gosh, a driver yes. and his trainee in the cab together, they got into a really bad fight. They were swearing at each other, threatened violence. It is the, the awful example of how you want coaching and training to work. What does a successful driver coaching program look like? Well, you know what? It's amazing because, uh, yeah, fighting in the cab is not uh, required. We will catch that. Um, <laughs> There's a couple things that are really important (laughs) that, like three basic things that you really want to look at for uh, driver coaching. Number one, it's got to be efficient. Okay. Number two, it's got to be objective. Right. And then number three, it's got to positively reinforce the driver. And so I want to unpack each of those just, just, just quickly. So, um, what our system does is that it's, you know, it's an objective way to, um, uh, you know, uh, that it's, um, uh, you know, in most systems, the drivers are getting, um, the managers are getting videos that are false positives that are, n- that are not accurate videos mm. at all. And that then they're trying to manage, they're spending way too much time managing their drivers on a minute to minute and day to day basis. And what our uh, system will do is give the driver the tool to use and our system will manage 95% of your drivers um, and the, and you spend the time dealing with the exception. And that's the primary difference between ours and any of the others. Very efficient uh, coaching tool. Number two, it's got to be objective. Either you've run that red light or you didn't, you know, either you uh, (laughs) were speeding or you weren't. And what we do is you watch that and we have a green zone score that keeps track of that. And it it takes the conversation from between the safety manager and the driver manager and the driver takes it from an emotional conversation to a objective conversation. So much more gets done. Last positively reinforce that driver. You got to make sure that if that, if the driver is doing a good job, that they um, are getting reinforced at that time and, and they love that. And um, that science has proven that that will increase the performance of the driver. Yeah. So in what, in what ways uh, does uh, driver coaching really empower the drivers? Yeah. So the, the empowerment is, is really important. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's really interesting. If you think about it, you guys see this all the time. Everybody wants to tell the driver what to do. OK, the, the safety manager wants to tell the driver what to do. The driver manager wants to tell the driver what to do. The management wants to tell the driver what to do. Everybody wants to tell the driver what to do. The receptionist wants to tell the driver what to do. What the Netrodyne approach is give management, allow management to give the tools to the driver so they can see their performance and they can perform uh, at a higher level uh, on their their performance. That's the that's the idea. They'll, with a Netrodyne system, they'll have a mobile app that they can see their videos, they can see their trends, they can see their scores, and they can see, hey, I ran that red light. You know, if you see a video that you ran a red light, do you need someone over your shoulder that says, hey, you ran that red light. Don't do that anymore. Yeah. No, you don't need that. They're browbeating them. Let the driver see them. Let them have it with, you know, no one has to be around. And they are, they're seeing their performance and they're improving on it dramatically. So that's empower that driver, give the tool to the driver and you'll, you'll watch and see them go. 
you know, now that the market is as flat as three-week-old Pepsi, we haven't been hearing as much about these massive bonuses that they're giving out to drivers. But I remember when they, like, they were a big deal. It was very controversial. Some people were like, yeah, it lures yeah. people in. Other people said, hey, it sends people out or upset. They're not getting the big bonus or they see everyone else offering. So they leave. What effect do bonuses have on drivers? Yeah. Like positive or negative? Yeah. Well, everybody likes a gift. Everybody likes a card. Everybody likes cash. And and they especially like it when they've done something well on their job and they get you know reinforced for that. They get recognized for that. And so everybody really likes that. And so the effect of, of bonuses is, you know, you want to amp your drivers up and you want to get them on the same playing field. You want to guide them towards the behavior that you want. And, um, and that's what it does. And you know, there's another part of this is that you have to have the right kind of bonus. I see fleets out there, they'll uh, reinforce if they have 100 in their fleet or 500 in their fleet, the top two or three will get a bonus. Well, the other 97% don't get anything. You know, the, um, the, the best guy or the best 10 guys get in a raffle. They don't really see, you know, you know the other 90% aren't going to get it. They're not going to do anything for it. So you got to have a bonus that your guys at the bottom, you know, what are they doing? Are they improving? Are they improving? Our green zone score will show you every week, every month, every day that they're improving. And so the ones that are improving that are really trying to get out of the basement, if you will, give them some money, give them some, you know, a bonus for that coming out. That middle performer guy, that one that's above average. Yeah. You want to, um, uh, that above average guy, they're doing the right thing every day. And that's, it's a good, you know, go ahead and bonus them up for them. They'll get so amped for, on that. They'll love it. And then of course you can't forget your top end guys, you know, that top 1%, top 5%, make sure that those guys are getting a bonus. So now everybody at the bottom are looking at the guys at the top. I want to be like that. But, and, and, and if I'm at the bottom, I have a way to work my way out of the basement. So I think the bonuses uh, are really a powerful additional tool. Have the Netrodyne system, have a bonus that works along with it, with the green zone score. You've got a, a, a formula for success. Excellent stuff. So can you give us a, a quick example of uh, a success in this program? Well, the results, you know, the, you know, let's think about it this way. The results that you need uh, that you're looking for is you want to decrease your risk. You want to decrease your collisions. You want to put a safer fleet on the road. That's what you're, that's what you're looking to do. And so um, what we'll see, we, there's parts that we can measure internally. We can see the risky behavior go down. Mm. So there's parts of that. So we have fleets that um, the distracted driving goes down 86%. You know, so they're not on their they're not on their cell phone anymore. You know, yeah. their speeding goes down sixty one percent. They're not speeding on the road anymore. You know, they're they, these are the results. You're decreasing that risky behavior, and what that does is decrease your collisions, decreases the collision cost, decreases the time management is dealing with collisions and claims and such. It's a whole um, uh, you know positive effect. And the other thing that's as important, if not more important, is that you're motivating your drivers. You're aligning yourself with your drivers. Management, the company, and the drivers are together. And the drivers, if I'm I'm running down the road and I get cut off 
and I do the right thing. I back away and I give a space and I say, geez, that's great. I just got bonused up for that. I got a driver's star. I got a, um, a, po- a positively reinforced for that. I'm going to make more money because of that. They're happy. And they're happy yeah. to be with that company and their the turnover goes down and they're aligned with management. It's, it's, um, it's a no brainer. Yeah. The gamification really helps. Yeah. My, Hey Mike, thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate I, learning a little bit more about coaching training from Netrodyne. No, it's awesome. It's great to be on. Thank you for having me. Congratulations on 502 shows. That's incredible. Yeah. I don't have done anything 500 times in my life, so good for you. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, appreciate it. A little self-cowbell, a little cowbell for you. Have a good one, man. Yeah, man. All right. All the best. Take care. Thanks. And now a word from our sponsor. XBO is driven to put your freight first. With coverage in 99% of U.S. zip codes, as well as key routes in Mexico and Canada, XBO will help you get your shipments where they need to go. On time and damage-free, of course. Darn. All fine-tuned by over 35 years of world-class LTL experience. To learn more, where do they go? Hey, they go to ltl-solutions.xbo.com. You guys want to talk about some hats? I got, I got this DTF hat. Says down to freight. He's got the reefer. We also got we got to ship this. We got the truck loco. But who is truck loco? What are all these things? Let's find out. Let's talk to Liz Murray. She is the founder, CEO, president over at Truck Loco Hats, and she does a number of other things too. Liz, what's up? She's the mother trucker. Hey guys, can you hear me? How are you doing? You look great. You look awesome. I like the hat display behind you, and I like the uh, mother trucker. It reminds me of my boy Asian Mai. Yeah, love it. Ah, yeah, mother of truckers. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, I like that. I like that. So, what is Truck Loco? Well, let's get into that first, and I'll kind of ask you about a little bit of your design philosophy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Truck Loco was um, so. Well, let me just start a little bit with my background. Sure. Um, I was I I graduated with a degree from the University of Texas with a degree in government and business, and then I did my post baccalaureate work in education, and never really saw my myself being in the freight industry. But my husband was a freight broker, and um, after I had my second child, I kind of hopped in and started uh, answering phones and helping out where help was needed. I started processing payroll and doing bookkeeping and things like that, and. Uh, and then, and then I got really involved in the business, and um, I had an opportunity to speak with carriers on the phone. And um, I, you know, I, I felt, I felt for them. I kept hearing some of the stories that, um, and some of the things that they were having to confront on a daily basis, you know. And um, I wanted, I wanted to do something for them, and I thought that it would be fun to create a trekking hat line that um, there's so many like really cool freight industry phrases that mm-hmm. I think would look great on, on trucker hats. And, um, and I thought, Hey, you know, I really want to start a trucker line. And, well, we were, well, uh, and then I, I thought, Liz, before we go too far, I, I got to ask you, cause I got curious here. Cause I saw that you were yeah. an elementary school teacher before you got yeah. into freight. And like a lot yeah. of us, you kind of fall into freight. It's a second life. And it's one of the beauty of this industry. And it brings yeah. in so much diversity of minds in here. Cause we've all come from so many different pathways, but what's harder freight or elementary school oh. students and who's whinier? I've got my bet. Ooh, You know what? I working with children always filled my cup, but what I've been able to do is I've been able to utilize like the skills that I've used from being an elementary school teacher. And I've been able to incorporate that into building curriculum to train freight industry workers and employees that we onboard. Um, my husband owns a freight management company. Um, we were a 3PL and, um, 
I, you know, I, like I said, I was, I was able to talk to them and I was able to help my husband seek out some good uh, hires for our company. And there was, you know, a lot of word of mouth training and stuff like that. And I thought, you know what, it would be much easier just to create a curriculum um, with all of the information that I've learned and retained over the years um, to help onboarding quicker and faster and make it more efficient. And uh, we've got a great team here at Murray Logistics. And um, I kind of wanted to go out on my own. I wanted to do something on my own, but um, it's been a passion of mine for years to do something um, that enables me to show our carriers that we care so much about them, that we we know that they're they're the they're the lifeblood of the U.S. economy, and um, they're they're the they're the men the men and women behind the curtain, right? They're doing the work, and yeah. I feel like they're so underappreciated. And I um I thought you know if I could create these hats, these cool freight industry phrases, I thought you know I could start like I don't know a lifestyle brand, but you know I I love when I see people wearing my hats because I know that that it's going for a good cause. My, um, my second project is that I've been opening the national road project, which is, um, a nonprofit. I'm in the, I'm in the process of getting my 501 C three approval and that takes six to nine months. But once I get that done, I have this, this mission. Um, I I've spoken to several people, several carriers on the road. I've been able to talk to, uh, the truckers final mile. I've talked to Sue over at operation Roger Sure. Um, and I, I've, I've listened to their woes and, and their concerns. And, and I wanted to know, like, where could I help the most? And it sounds like, um, uh, one of the stories I heard from one of the drivers was that, you know, he got the last hot dog on the reel and it was like yeah. the hot dog or the hostess cupcake. And I, I thought, well, then obviously like I need to help bring healthy meals on the road to the, to the truck drivers. And I also wanted to help meet basic care needs and, uh, you know, just providing care packages that have like soap or shampoo or, you know, razors or something that can help them while they're traveling on the road. Um, well, hold on. How does, so, how does also, someone, how does someone get involved like with yeah. this? Like, let's say I needed support. I'm out on the road. How would I, how would I get involved with your charity? Okay. So this is my plan. I really want to partner with truck stops. Um, and I want to partner with, and as I'm doing my research, I found a lot of doctors that are retired doctors that they don't want to stop practicing. They want to, they still want to be busy, but they don't want to be running their own business. And so, so many, so many retired doctors and dentists are interested in getting involved in this. And so my plan is to like, you know, design an Airstream or to design kind of like a, a gooseneck trailer or, or a truck that we can literally bring these things to truck stops where mm. we're able to hand out these healthy meals to truck drivers um, on the road. Again, provide basic care need packages like, you know, that we could hand out to them. And then I want to bring dental and mental well checks. I'm not no, sorry, dental and medical well checks on the road to them. Where, you know, when they're doing the 34 hour restart, like, what are you going to do during that time? Well, why not? Let's get our teeth clean. Let's get, let's get a medical check. You know, I mean, they can't actually, you know, fill a cavity at that moment, but they can, they can do the teeth cleaning and they can say, Hey, like, this is something that you need to be concerned with. This is something that you probably want to take care of once you get home. But as a driver, you never always know what your schedule is going to be. You don't know where you're going to be. You don't know, you know, what you're going to be doing. Sometimes your schedule changes. And so um, I just, I just 
I really wanted a way to pay back and show our carriers how much we appreciate what they're doing and that none of this is possible. Like our lives aren't possible. Everything that we wear, we do has been on a truck or rail, a ship or in the air, you know, and I, I just, I want to bring awareness. I want to start a movement. I want to show our truckers how much we love and appreciate and care what they're doing. And um, I mean, you've seen the mouths of some of our industry workers, you know, they don't have time to make dental appointments. They don't have time to do that kind of stuff. And so I like my passion is just like, I believe God put me on this earth to like use my gifts to, to help the quality of life of others. And I just, I, I, I'm, I'm excited and I'm ready to go. And wow. so you're fired up. I love it. I, I love, love it. the I love passion too. And hey, don't discount that mental well check. You should add that no, to it, right? Sure. Your dental, medical, no, and no, mental. No, no, no. Mental's that, huge. Honestly, mental's my, huge. My first three, my first three, like I had to kind of like, you know, taper it down. Yeah, and be like, no, okay, you got to start. You got to start. And then what's the next? So the first is the healthy, like I want warm, healthy meals on the road. I want to yeah. be able to provide these care, ca- these care packages. I want to, and like, I, I envision this like tractor trailer pulling up with like dentists and doctors in the back and like us wow. being able to like take on some of those truck drivers that are doing their 34 hour restarts and bring them on and say, yeah. Hey, let's get yeah. your teeth clean. Let's get you checked out. Let's see how you're Put doing. Put a hat on your head. I and, love then, it. and then, like you said, down the road, what honestly I would like to, um, I'd like to provide like an 800 number for people to call if they're just like, just need someone to talk to or, or just, you know, just need some counseling of some sort. Also, you know, I really want to um, incorporate roadside assistance and things like that, make Very it cool. easier for them to do their job so that um, they just know how much we love them and we care for them. And, and yeah. I, it's the same hey. story, you know, over and over every day. And, we, you know, yeah, we no, just, Liz, we, we're amen. Very, Hey, Liz. Hey, man, we hear you. Unfortunately, we, we are running a little bit out of time, but I want to get your website out there so okay. people know where they can get the hats at. Yes. Is trucklocohats.com? Okay. So it's trucklocohats.com, and I have a promo code I want to share with you. Okay. So sure. anyone who logs on, um, they can do uh, the promo code is what the truck. They get $10 sure. off their first purchase of their hat. And um, anyone wearing this hat or any hat that I make, um, it's representative of what we're Very doing cool. and that, Thanks, you know, Liz. we're supporting the industry and we love our carriers. Very cool. Thank Excellent you so much stuff. for your time. Have a great Excellent. weekend. We appreciate it. Thank and you. And I love your hats. Yeah. Y'all oh, look yeah. awesome. They look good. Thank you so much for your time. Take care. <laughs> good stuff. It is. I love what she's doing there. Maybe, you know what she should do? What? She should, she should create parking lots. So that we have parking and have the trailers there for the health. Well, hey, look, if you've been following, like, on BackTheTruckUp.com, like, yeah. the Rebuilding Rooster series. Sure. Rooster was a truck driver for 14 years. Oh, a writer gosh, for us yeah. now. Yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. out of the cab. He's trying to lose weight. Yeah. Um, he's also just gone through the whole big dental thing. So what she said wasn't just, like... No, it's not garbage. It's not just, like, a stereotype or a stigma. I mean, there actually are some issues that, that people have to well, deal with. When you're on the health. road, like, when do you all take care the time, of that? it's hard to uh, make the time to, to take care of yourself. Yeah. Well, Ryan Pamplin always makes time. He's the head of culture over at Tame, and he's right here in studio. He's going to come over and join us right now about best teeth and freight. Something right he's here. been doing, doing local. What's up, brother? He's the big man. What's going on, brother? How are you? I'm great. Big I'm man. Great. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Take a chair. Right. It's a little trepidation. I can see that. I'll hold the back. Don't break your ass. Heck yeah. Good to see you. By the way, I got a video for you. Take a look at this, guys. 
Yeah, see, usually it's the uh, it's the bear who's doing the chasing. <laughs> Check this bear's but like this time man. it's a moose. What? Look at that moose. <laughs> where, do y'all, where do y'all find this stuff? <laughs> I love the bear on your cell phone. Glad <laughs> <laughs> I sent that to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, how, how you been? Uh, so one of the reasons you're here today is because tomorrow. Can you turn that video? Thank you. Tomorrow we are going to University of Tennessee Chattanooga. Check yeah. out the mocks. Uh, show some of these pics here. Show this truck. Because you guys did this. Tell us about the project you got going on there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, work with a great local vin- vendor here in town, uh, Insta Signs. Uh, we've used them for a lot of truck branding over the years mm-hmm. with, with our asset-based company, Tame and Truck Lines. Yeah. Uh, we've got a great partnership uh, with UTC. They've been really supportive of us being a local company and, and, and kind of offering not only just the truck itself, but the service around it. So uh, we're all home games, all away games. Uh, we've had some great response from actually some away teams who have seen that. Uh, and are really interested in working with Taman and our partner on some of their own trailers. So, uh, big game this weekend. We've got the uh, salute to the heroes. Uh, we're going to have a, I think UTC has got some uh, whole veteran team jumping out of an airplane uh, oh, to really? kick, kick the game off. Uh, we've got a big tailgate. Uh, we're going to have you guys there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to invite you guys. Uh, uh, our, I'm, I'm always down for a good tailgate. Bro. Heck yeah, absolutely. Hey, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, in in, in uh, games past, Terrell Owens just showed up uh, for the homecoming and our driver, uh, Roger oh, Morris. Yeah, you, have that, you have that great picture of T.O.? <laughs> Where's that, that show? Like, there we go. There we go. There we go. So, uh, it, a little it, pixelated. But absolutely, absolutely. You it, said he took that on a flip phone? I, I think. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Roger's old school. Uh, Roger, a.k.a. Cowboy. Uh, as you can see there, yeah. his style is, is up to, if not, I would say maybe better than T.O.'s, uh, at least in that picture. Uh, but Cowboy has been a long driver for us, and, and uh, we, we love him doing these hauls for UTC. So, what is, so Suits of Heroes, what is that honoring? Is that like veterans who fought in wars and correct. truckers? What's going on? Correct, there? correct. It's all, it's, it's all veterans. It's something UTC okay, cool. does. Um, so I'm sure they'll have more than just the, 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 the kind of uh, kickoff, uh, the game kickoff. Um, but we're, we're really excited to be there at this game and, and excited to have you guys here at this game. We are super excited. I mean, we love me. We did an office invasion with these guys last year. It was an amazing time oh, being yeah, the yeah, team. Yeah. And one of the things that we thought think... was super cool when we were at his office, right, is they, um, they have at least one truck driver on staff working with, like, the rest of the brokers to sort of communicate and help translate and understand. She, yeah, she What's rock. his name? Sheetrocker? Kevin Sandrock. Kevin Sandrock. Sandrock. He, he, he does have a jersey. We've gotten him a jersey, and yeah. he put it as Sheetrock just for you. Okay. <laughs> hey, how many units do you guys have now, too? Because I keep seeing them taming trucks. The, the nice logo on them. Absolutely. We're, we're approaching 50 in the fleet. It, it's been a really, really great uh, market for it. But more than that, uh, we've just got a great leadership team. Uh, and and not, not only Kevin. Um, there's a, uh, another dispatcher, and we call him fleet manager, named uh, Kelsey Warwick. Aston uh, Powell is, is really, really known in, in kind of the local Tennessee Trucking Association uh, circles for what he's done for the, the asset-based side. So it's top, top down. It's safety first. Um, it's definitely growth in, in the market, but uh, it's just a focus on quality and, and, and on, the, uh, on the drivers. And with that... Uh, I wanted to give a special shout out. We've got, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Gary Rett uh, and Dustin. Uh, Also wanted to give out a shout out to uh, Miguel uh, Lomele. Uh, Miguel has got a birthday coming up here this Sunday. Uh, Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Happy early birthday, Miguel. Uh, Some of our three best drivers. Just wanted to give them a shout out. Let me give you guys a shout out. 
I, you guys have helped me a number of times get plastics out of South Africa. Oh, uh, absolutely. In here, recycled plastics. So these guys are my international guys moving uh, uh, recycled plastics that being pulled out of the estuaries and the, and the harbors in South Africa, recycled and moved back into that circular economy, making plastic stuff. You guys are killing it for me, and I, I appreciate it very much. Man, it makes my, makes my heart feel good. I uh, love hearing that. Uh, obviously, toilet paper and a lot of stuff that, that yeah. has to be moved, but when you hear you're moving something that has an impact like that. Oh, yes. Well, you said toilet paper. You got to stick around for good news, bad news with us. We have a toilet paper related story. You got an earpiece. You can hear it. Play the bumper. Ooh. bad news and good news. Hope they're okay. All right. Good news. We've got a little while. It's starting to get cold out here in the morning, isn't it? Mm -hmm. yep. It's starting yep. to get a little nippier. Then you get out of work around like you walk out. It's like to get lunch at like noon or one or after the show, and it's like you get blinded and it's you know you got to get back in the t-shirts. Yeah, it's a quick yep. sober. Yep, yep, yep. But, I, I, had a, I had a hoodie on this morning and I had to shed that. Yep. The cold has started to sink in here, but in it, the bad news is you're a trucker in Alaska where it's already set. And let's take a look how the drivers up there get prepared already in the middle of October. So you ever wonder what it's like trucking in Alaska? Well, sitting here on top of the pass. It's six degrees outside right now. It's October. I know most of y'all have been like, yeah, f that. You know what though? We like that, kinda. It's not cold enough though, it needs to get colder. So it's what happens when it's cold, you stick to the road. When you stick to the road, you ain't got chain up. So I thought I could make it up the pass without chains. Got about halfway. So what I do? Through this set right here. No, I just don't run normal chains. Like y'all in the 48, you know, they're cleated, tricks. But here's the thing. That wasn't enough. Got about 100 yards, just started ripping it again. I'm empty, by the way. I should have been able to soar right up over the pass. So what we do? Got to throw one more. Those were seven millimeters. These are eights. Chains don't have cam locks. Slap them on and go. That's all we got. And you know what? Got to the top. Nice and loose, but hey, they're on there. They're working. Now, usually don't want to sit up top here. Blown, it's cold. Yeah, no. But two trucks over the radio going south, they burned out, they slid backwards. So one of them's blocking the road, waiting up top. If anybody comes, I'll stop them, try to at least, or warn them. Wait for these guys to get up the mountain. Yeah, this is what we're. That's the road. <laughs> one, two, slide 10 feet. Yeah. But. 80,000 pounds on, on that, you saw what he was just standing on. So, this is just a little glimpse into uh, what it's like up there in Alaska trucking. Happy fall. I'll drive safe. I, I guess one <laughs> millimeter, one millimeter, that one millimeter makes a big difference, right. right? It went from seven to eight millimeters and right up there. What's the coldest area you got drivers running? Um, I'd say we've, we've definitely got some in Northeast. Um, we've, we've got a few that will hit uh, the, the Plains and, and uh, the Dakotas. Um, but we've definitely got uh, some local drivers and some southeastern-based drivers uh, that will hang up on us or, or, or say uh, thank you, but no thank you, uh, especially during this time of year. Uh, it's definitely, uh, that's, that's respect, respect. That's I've got some good news for you this afternoon, Ryan. What you got? The police have found your wife. But okay. here's the bad news. It's not your wife, man. It is not your wife. That's good. That's good. I didn't know I had one, so I'm glad to know that, that whoever she is. 
Well, check it out. On Wednesday, Metro officers are uh, witness this woman hanging off the side of a, of a box truck, right, yeah. as it's turning left. So they stop this back. She's like hanging off the side. So they pull this thing over, right? And uh, they find what they find is uh, Samantha Sividen, 32 years old, is hanging on the side of this, this truck. They pull it over. She starts off this truck. The truck driver doesn't know who the heck she is. She starts climbing in the cab. They get her out of the cab. Yeah. She's taking her clothes off. She's jumping on other vehicles and all this other Claim kind of stuff. Claiming she's the guy's wife. Saying, <laughs> claiming that she's the guy's wife. He's like, I don't know who the heck this woman is. Crazy. She's stuff. And the note, you know, after this goes on, the, the the officers notice that she's acting a little strangely, as if all that wasn't enough. Right, right. Right. So they think Normal she might. They, <laughs> well, like, hold on a second. Is this? But I like, I thought this was a like a one-off situation. It turns out it's happened to a lot of drivers. We put this story out on social media. A lot of yeah. people talk about. It. Here's Super Trucker Justin sharing his own story. This actually happens in truck driving more than you think. Um, this. Poor driver here had a woman high on drugs uh, holding on to the side of his truck in Nashville, Tennessee. Early on in my driving career, I was at the TA on I-70 in Ohio, and it was late November, early December. It's getting cold outside, and I hear a knock on my door in the middle of the, middle of the night. And it was this crazy lot lizard that wanted to get inside my truck and stay warm. And I'm like, get the hell out, lady, you know, go away. And I had to move my truck. She just wouldn't she wouldn't leave me alone. Uh, I put the truck in gear, start rolling, and she's still holding on. So I had to open the door, hit her in the face, and then, you know, <laughs> fell off into the snow. Never oh, wow. to be seen again. But, you know, it's getting cold out there, so watch out, guys. All right, but the, see, they're, 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 the good news is that they're now married and have their first kid. <laughs> so, yeah, and we are not condoning hitting anybody in the face and, and rolling. Speaking of kids, Matt, we're, we're going to transition. Up. Do you have any kids? Uh, four-legged ones, just okay. dogs. Four-legged ones. Yeah. We're going to oh. talk. We're going to just bear with us. We're going to bad parenting corner okay. right okay. now, okay? okay? No, these guys. These okay. guys. So let's take a look at Florida mans. Stuff. I can't even call them Florida men. I think Florida mans is more appropriate. Yeah, man's Florida so man. these two jackasses are, are these two idiots are uh, driving down the highway in Florida, right? They're both dads. Uh, by the way, being a moron, most age you, William Hale is only 35 years old. He does not appear that way. Frank Jeez. Allison's 43. It's been a rough uh, yeah. rough go for these guys. They're on Route 1 in Jacksonville Sunday evening, complaining about the Jaguars, brake-checking <laughs> each other, um, when one of them decides to start shooting at the other. And he shoots out, and he hits that dude's daughter. So the other guy shoots back at him, and he hits his daughter. A five-year-old girl shot in the leg, 14-year-old girl shot in the leg. Both these idiots somehow decide that this is a they decide to pull over and continue the arguing, which almost seems like a de-escalation to me, like arguing after you shot my kids, right, like now that right. we're talking like that. Now maybe. we can talk. Then the police came, and it's very funny, too, because the way these guys were, I bet they go online all the time, they're like talking about violent criminals, and they say, oh, violent. It's like, you guys are the violent criminals. You yeah. guys are the violent criminals. He shot the girl in the back. She has a collapsed lung. It's not okay. And like, they still pulled out. over and started. You wrote original? Me? Yeah. I, I chill. No, you know, yeah. I don't. No, no, no rage. You, ever, oh, you uh, gave it up? You, I mean, it used to be like your hobby. I have now. I mean, I'm from Boston. I used to. And I'm like, you know what? Everyone's got guns out here and stuff. I don't need to beep. I'm guns? Guns are nothing. Flamethrowers. Flamethrowers. Like yeah. You well, need a flamethrower. I got to tell you something. So you ever, <laughs> when you, you ever toilet paper someone's house? Uh, uh, yes, actually. Um, I will admit to that. And in towns. Like, well, I mean, like you have football teams in towns after games. It wasn't like that unusual. Right? No, wasn't a crime against no. humanity. Well, no, apparently in Wisconsin it was, though. Brabboro <laughs> High School juniors, a, uh, a group of five of them, they went by to this guy John Kohler's house, and they toilet papered his house uh, mm -hmm. after a game. They knew their daughter. They went to class with them. And somehow this story must have got out because he was there waiting for them with a the flamethrower. Their dad was in military fatigue shooting a flamethrower 
up in the air, and for some reason, the athletic director runs out, who the, the kids are with. They stop the car. They seize these kids. They make them get on their knees. They do a citizen's arrest. There was even a, like, look at this flamethrower in action. There was a citizen's arrest. They made them get on their knees. Well, this guy's That's holding that. This is not a real footage. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's even a racial opponent. Like, apparently, like, they, there was one white kid and a group of uh, ethnic kids. They let the white kid go, and then they did a citizen's arrest. The cops came, and they're like, stupid. What's your calling? Is it okay to toilet paper in high school? Um, I would absolutely say it is okay. Yes. I would say that my mom used to tell me you're you fine to do it, that, right? but well, you may get knocked out or arrested because yeah. you're a lot bigger than maybe me. Or well, you get clean enough. Hey, um, don't be a stranger. <laughs> Catch us on Monday. Tell me to be. Hey, peace and love spread it everywhere. Take care.